men and women are foregoing the 9 to 5 jobs introduced during the industrial age as they embrace new technologies within the digital revolution. And these two chaps are here to help. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the show about mindfulness and entrepreneurship in the digital economy. With your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. We have returned. We're back. From our little holiday. Well, I say our little holiday. My little holiday. Jem's little holiday. Yeah. Last Monday, when we would have been recording this, I was sat in my room weeping. And I was sat in my Croatian room weeping from my hangover. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Powerful Nonsense, episode number 28. God, that's good, isn't it? I I think we're doing all right. We've managed to get to 28 episodes. And loads of listeners, probably. Yeah, loads of them. Right, (laughs) listeners? (laughs) Yeah, loads of you. Uh, So today, we are talking about monetization. It's about time we got onto this subject, I think. I think we've had a lot of discussions, but this this time we just actually throw some knowledge and throw some sort of Mm. It's been a while since we did that. I know. I don't think we've done much of that. We've been talking very deep stuff recently. Deep. So we're going back to basics, going back to business basics. So well, hopefully you'll take almost basics. Kind of basics, but things that you might not even know. Yes. So basic. And and actually also something we were talking about before we hit record, we do have to say this is something that we are currently experimenting with at the moment. Yeah, um, so we're exploring ourselves. So Yeah, we are trying out new things as as you'll hear about as we discuss it, I'm sure. Um so this is by no means an expert view. This is just us presenting options to you as things that you might not have considered or thought about. Some you might know about already, some you might not. And yeah, it's, um, so the title of this episode is Monetization for Creatives Online. So hopefully you'll pull some knowledge from it. Yeah. Should we get cracking with the beginning quote? Let's go for it. So the beginning quote is by Seth Godin. We love Seth Godin. He's awesome. Check him out. And his quote is, you have everything you need to build something far bigger than yourself. And I love that quote. Why? Why? Because <laughs> it's so simple as a quote. There's no <laughs> there's no kind of mysticism about it. And it's just damn true. Especially nowadays anyway. I yeah. think that's it. Like that's he Seth Godin's very innovative and he's now seeing like online has sort of just opened it up so that, mm-hmm. that the individual can actually become bigger than ever. I mean, you, you had Gandhi who managed to get people together it, offline. But like, if Gandhi had the internet, who knows what he would have done. Seth Godin. <laughs> yeah. Seth Godin is Gandhi of the internet. I think, I think he'll take that. No, but I, I mean, just to kind of, uh, kind of kiss Seth Godin's ass a little bit here. I don't know the guy, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, what I like about Seth Godin is he really does keep things so simple. Like, you don't need to be a business genius to understand anything that he's saying. He literally kind of says it all in layman's terms. Like, anybody could understand what, where Seth Godin's coming from. And if you ever had a look at his blog, like, his posts are so short. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes he does longer ones, but most of the time his posts are a couple of hundred words. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I see. I've got it on the app. I've got it on my mobile phone. I just listen to it all the time. I listen to it, read it every day. It's just a short little snippet, and you're just like, "Well, duh!" But I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. It kind of makes you go, "Damn, I feel stupid," but I did already know. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yes, so uh, yeah, let's 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 just open up the floor here about monetization. 
I mean, there's loads of different streams of monetization. I think, like, uh, like we're going to just start it's with too many to choose from now. I think it's it's part of the issue. That's what I mean. There's so much opportunity out there, and so should we should we just get cracking with the first one? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's so, go for it. YouTube. A lot of young people kind of see YouTube. I mean, a lot of young people watch YouTube, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people don't actually understand how there's people making money from it. Yeah, yeah, and. I mean, let's 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 kind of break it down before I go into my little point that I was going to go into there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the main source of monetization for for YouTube, in fact, it's currently the only source I think, isn't it? Is is ad revenue? It is, but then you can kind of look deeper and say that there's there's people on there who kind of have their videos, but then they're sending people over to websites. Uh, yeah, but that's other forms of monetization. So just but sticking as YouTube as a form of monetization. Okay. okay. The only form we'll keep, of monetization we'll simple, yeah. through YouTube mm-hmm. is ad revenue currently. Yeah. So that's well, when you know when you watch a video and it comes up and it tells you after five seconds you can skip an ad. When that ad comes up on someone's video, some that person who's created that video makes um chooses for that video to have ads play in and when that ad comes up they get paid a small percentage mm-hmm. if that ad rolls the whole way through they get paid a little bit more and um if that if that person clicks through on that ad and ends up purchasing something it might be even more and mm-hmm. i went to a youtube workshop and they actually said that it's not the same for every person so specific youtube channels could have better click-through rates if you're mm-hmm. a popular blog that does um shaving gel and gillette want to put their their ad on your video mm-hmm. you could actually make between i don't know i think it could be between like i know i don't know what it exactly is but sometimes you can be getting 20p 30p mm-hmm. one pound well, well my view. understanding is that the the people who put the advert out there they set the amount they do but worth, they could don't they 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 do but then youtube might talk to certain video like certain producers on youtube mm-hmm. and say look gillette love your stuff they know you've got a wicked target audience oh, so to what up, they want up the so they want to spend it all on your videos and they will give you this amount ah. so there is there are at the top of the game but okay. for most people you're probably just going to get the general ads that they set like that yeah, which is like a, a a cent every yeah, it could be every every click through, or every watch, or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's not vast amounts, particularly at the starting end of mm-hmm. of um, YouTube ads. I mean, my company we use YouTube ads, and we've made three p three p. Congratulations! So you, you know, there's, there's, there's three. Yeah, well, there's, there's three of us in the company, so um, <laughs> we're going to split it up, and then we're going to retire. The company's going to close in a week. Uh, we've got it all. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the main, die rich. I think the main thing is really is that you if you look at YouTube and these people that are doing it really well, it's like every time they put out a video, they get in twenty, fifty, a hundred thousand views. Mm-hmm. And when you know you're getting a hundred thousand views, you can tell how much you're going to earn from that. Yeah. There's like a there's a, fa- a fact that oh, like a statistic out there, like if you get a million views, you earn maybe two grand or something mm-hmm. on YouTube ads or yeah. something along those lines. And so these people who produce content daily and they get mm-hmm. in millions of views or thousands of views, they know exactly every time I produce a video. I get paid two hundred pound. Well, that's the trick, isn't it? With with YouTube, I think with YouTube more than anything else, it's actually a numbers game. Mm-hmm. It's about how much content you got out there first and foremost. Yeah. Um, then it's about the quality of your content because the more videos you put out, the more organic views you're going to get, and the more organic views you're going to get, the more money you're going to make, and the more subscribers you get. That's the most important because yeah. once you got your subscriber, they're coming, they're going to see your video every time you release a new one, and that it's a bit like an email list. Really, you put out a video, your subscribers see it, they all watch it. Mm-hmm. If you've got a million subscribers and thirty percent of them watch it, that's three hundred, three hundred thousand views straight yeah. there, and then you've got paid. Yeah. And I think 
I mean, it, we're saying it, it sounds really simple. It sounds really like amazing. Like it sounds like, oh, wow, I want to get into that. But the main thing is like, if you look at these YouTubers who are huge, they have been doing it for a long while and it took mm-hmm. ages for them to build audiences. Yeah. And there's a whole, you, we could go on a whole episode on strategies, how to kind of build up that audience on YouTube. But if you, if you go for yourself now, just go look at the people that are big on YouTube and just see what they're mm-hmm. doing. And you can kind of tell why they are the people that are, have massive audiences yeah i'm trying to think of some examples as wheezy waiter he's a favorite of mine he was a really early adopter of youtube mm-hmm. um he's a favorite of mine and he he doesn't he's not adding value he's just a personality that does video blogs essentially mm-hmm. but he does them in a kind of weird wacky way he's a good example there's another guy called syndicate and i think he's probably one of the biggest known on youtube for he mm-hmm. just films himself playing games but he's a great guy a wicked character he's been sharing how he's just bought his new custom house that he's built through the money he's earned from youtube mm-hmm. he has several other uh, ventures from using youtube as a marketing funnel but like just check out the people that are big and it all goes down to just building that audience being someone yeah. that people like it's, it's like being a tv channel really like why yeah. do you watch a certain program that's what you have to become on youtube really mm-hmm. yeah except uh, the difference is it's short form uh, with youtube well you say that but then i know that there's people out there who are recording themselves playing but games for an hour it's, long. it's true yeah but the, the most popular content tends to be the short form content Mm-hmm. Um, seems to be the general rule. However, with the changes that they're making to uh, adverts, now the long-form content, you can you were telling me you can put multiple adverts in, so you yep. can kind of put little ad breaks in. Whereas before, the adverts were at the start of the video. You can now put them in the middle of your video. Yeah, they're just like that. span outs. If you've got a 30-minute video, maybe every 10 minutes an ad comes up, that means you get paid three times for that, that mm-hmm. video. And mm-hmm. there's so much more to look into, but we'd probably better move on to the next yes. point. Yes. So look into, if you go to uh, youtube.com and if you actually look into, uh, if you look for the Creators Academy, yeah, uh, that will tell you a lot of stuff about I think about YouTube actually have like about. a, um, a, a I think it's like a creator's guide. I'm going to link mm-hmm. to it on the blog. So mm-hmm. I'll send that through and it just helps you kind of really get started. But you can just search on YouTube tutorials, yeah. etc. Yeah. Also, before we actually move away from YouTube, I know it's later on in the notes, but I think we may as well talk about it now. <coughs> um, is YouTube are going to uh, talking about introducing the tip jar, which I think we may have mentioned a couple of episodes ago. Or was that a conversation we had off? I think it might have been a conversation off. Or, yeah. <laughs> I, I, never, I never know anymore. Um, but yeah, so the YouTube tip jar is basically a donation system that mm-hmm. they've got um, because they've kind of realised that people are doing donations through PayPal and other things so they've kind of gone well we want to make it so easy that people can literally just donate from the YouTube video itself mm-hmm. or the YouTube channel itself it's not rolled out yet but it's coming, no, it's and coming. I, it's, I think it's just going to basically they've been empower. talking about it for many many months and it was announced at VidCon I think mm-hmm. that they it's long awaited it. really and I think mm-hmm. that's it that's really going to empower creators because now people can see like my the person that I like watching if I give him a little tip he's going to make more videos and mm-hmm. that's just going to empower more people to go and do great work really because they're actually getting paid for it and they can see it as a, a viable way of earning income really yeah absolutely and I think we should probably move on to donations in general from there I think um, in terms of yeah, yeah terms we can go straight as I say we'll jump about we've got lots of different options yeah so, that's fine so you probably know a little bit more about the whole donations thing than I do I think donations one. is uh, is a tough one as well but I think it works the best sort of website I know about um, for donations is Brain Pickings, and I think that website has like got amazing, great content. If you haven't looked at Brain Pickings, Pickings, check it out. It's not worth me explaining. Once you go on there, you understand what it's all about. But it's a lot about sharing great books, great ideas, and the hardest thing with donations is that you're. It's kind of the same as somebody kind of paying you, like mm-hmm. saying, oh, "I like what you're doing." Like 
it's not really a product, but you're saying that I invest my money in you to produce more content mm-hmm. really. And mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things that if you if you want to get into that sort of writing blog content or podcasting, I mean, we have it on our on our website for our podcast, like you can donate. And we don't expect people to donate straight away. They don't know us. They don't they haven't invested mm-hmm. enough time in us. But if it comes to the point that people love the stuff we're doing and we we're like, look, we can't carry on. We haven't got the money to keep funding this it's taking time we're not earning income we can't carry on if people if we get a thousand two thousand people that are so invested in what we do they might be saying look i want to keep hearing this so i'm going to give you ten dollars i'm going to give you five pound mm-hmm. just so that you guys can carry on and so i think if you're getting into earning money online don't like if you're going into thinking okay i'm gonna i'm gonna ask for donations i don't want to be the kind of person that puts adverts etc understand that it is a big long game and absolutely it's like you've got friends that you know would lend you money and that takes time for someone to say I'll lend you money so online it's a lot harder you've got to build really solid relationships before a stranger who you mm-hmm. don't know face to face is saying look I feel like I know you enough through the podcast through your blog I love your content and I love it so much that I want you to keep producing it that I'm actually gonna mm-hmm. pay you some money to keep doing what you're doing so I think donations is great and I think it's a really legit way of finding out that your audience do love what you do that yeah. they're willing to pay you for it yeah so it's it's definitely an avenue to look at. I think donations is also at the kind of uh, or almost the the later end. The the donations form of monetization is for as you say the audience members that are really invested in what mm-hmm. you do. They've probably been listening or or consuming your content mm-hmm. for a very long time before yeah. you know you might get some money bags that just comes on there and goes this is amazing I was having a good day 50 quid. Yeah, having a great day and he's thinking <laughs> yeah. oh, I just really needed to read that at this moment and in that moment they're thinking like, I've got a thank you here's $50 or whatever yeah, but kind of on the whole um, you kind of on the whole sorry <laughs> I think I think it's like the I think donations or that sort of the bliss really is kind of like that's when you know you've really made it when you've got people who are so invested in your work online that Mm -hmm. that's it they want to support you and I think that's probably I would say donation is probably one of the best relationships to have online with people because Mm -hmm. those that's it you have your audience who love you there's no middleman there's no sort of like your service is what you're what you're creating for them yeah definitely um and also i i do want to touch on actually with most of this stuff um a lot of this form of monetization is a long haul. It's not you're not going to get rich quick from doing YouTube ads mm-hmm. or donations or things like that. There are some of these that you know, depending on how you choose to price things, uh, you know, it could earn you a fair amount of money. But generally speaking, if you're going to be monetizing your online content, you are looking at yeah. a long period. Or, or you're what? not you're not going to pay your bills through online yeah, don't content. Don't quit your job this week because yeah. next week you're making YouTube videos. It's yeah. not going to work like that. I mean, I've been doing my blog for over a year. We've been doing the blog, the podcast for six months. Me and Wayne are not retired from our <laughs> other jobs we do on the side, our freelance jobs or our full, like part-time jobs. Mm. So it is something you've got to be in for the long game and it's got to be something that you're generally passionate about yeah. with sharing with people. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cool. Should we book, move on to the next one? Yes. Let's. So another one that I think really popular is ebooks. I think... I don't know how much people are into them because I know I'm massively into ebooks. Mm-hmm. I love my Kindle. I'm always on it. So I don't know whether it's something that a lot of people are aware of. I think it's an emerging market, mm-hmm. to be honest. I think it's a really emerging market um, because, you know, the Kindle's just starting to boom now. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you're starting to see more people with Kindles on the tube than you are or with on the iPads. IPads. Yeah. yeah, true. Um, because they're a cheaper cheaper form of, of uh 
tablet. The consumption. Oh, yeah, tablet. I, I wouldn't quite call them a tablet. Yes, okay. Let's not get into that. <laughs> but but in terms of ebooks, I think it is a, a growing market, uh, generally speaking. Um, and yeah, and, and also, um, just in terms of not necessarily a money-making uh, scheme, mm-hmm. but also an audience-growing tool as well. Definitely. Um, I think... I think- Seth Godin always talks about it a lot and he sort of says how like the gatekeepers of publishing have come down because of like things like Kindle direct publishing like you could write I mean we spoke to James Lambert I know some of his books are really short they might be 10 pages long he Mm -hmm. puts them up on Amazon for 99p and people buy them because they love who he is and what he talks about and so like you say you can either it's not a the barrier to entry is very low but I've had this conversation with my girlfriend because she did publishing and she's like yeah but the quality is low because people anyone can put something out there and I was like well to be honest that's a good thing because even if you're putting stuff out there you're going to find somebody who finds mm-hmm. it interesting if one person finds it interesting it's more like somebody else's and I just think it's a bit kind of nowadays a bit snobbery to say well a book's only good if it goes through the traditional yeah. publishing because yeah. there are books on Amazon that have been like published by someone mm-hmm. who's an individual mm-hmm. and they've probably got more downloads than some people who are in yeah. in those Barnes and Nobles or whatever shops. A- and without me books. without me trying to go on my little crusade that I like to go on, um, you know, with things like like self publishing and just online content in general, talent will out. There are very talented people in the world that haven't got anywhere because a gatekeeper isn't willing or several gatekeepers aren't willing to take a gamble. Could you imagine if actually J.K. Rowling had never found that one publisher? She went to Mm -hmm. loads of publishers. Mm -hmm. That one publisher that went, I actually really like this idea. Imagine that that never happened, Mm -hmm. right? And the world didn't get Harry Potter the millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of pounds and dollars were never made from the film franchise. Life's the studio, changed, yeah. the, the uh, Universal Studios theme park that's opened would never, ever have happened. Lives have been changed. There was a girl that actually, uh, one of the f- uh, cast members of the film, uh, was a member of the cast because she had uh, anorexia. And she wrote to J.K. Rowling saying, I'm such a huge fan, I've got anorexia and whatnot. J.K. Rowling said, well, I tell you what, if you beat your anorexia you'll get into i'll put you i'll let you into the casting so you can get the role and she got the role because she beat anorexia those lives wouldn't have been changed (laughs) because that one publisher didn't choose it okay yes she's not the best writer in the world and loads of writers have said that to me it's not the best written stuff in Mm -hmm. the world i don't know i'm not a writer but that's what i've been told but the story is great Mm -hmm. and that's the difference between self-published stuff i mean obviously she's not self-published but that's the difference between self-published stuff and uh traditionally published stuff is talent will out because if people put shit out shit isn't going to get bought because people are going to go don't buy that it's shit yeah right if somebody puts something great out people are going to go you have to buy this Mm -hmm. people are going to talk about it yeah it's remarkable (laughs) exactly so that so Actually, I would argue that going through the self-published route and all that sort of stuff is actually the better way of finding quality stuff because you haven't got somebody going, I actually don't like your personality, so yeah. we're not going to publish or your I'm stuff. Or I'm just too busy to go or, too yeah. many emails to even look at your book. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, 
Sorry, I I even prefixed that with saying without going on my little crusade, but, but I did go on, on my crusade. crusade. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, but that's what I like, and I think it's so easy, and I think especially for writers and creative people who are kind of scared. You are you, when you write a first book or whatever. I mean, I've published an ebook. I've got another one coming, and all right, it might not have been great, but then you're not as afraid because you just think I'm putting it out there and see what happens. And once you've done one, you think, oh, I can do it again. Mm-hmm. And and I've just listened to so many podcasts of people who wrote ebooks that are really short, and they're mm-hmm. making a living now that way. And I just think it's just it's 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 not that hard to do like no. if you've got word you can there's conversions you can get people to convert it for you to go into amazon really you can cheaply. even download ibooks mm-hmm. author if you if you're a mac user or whatever you can download ibooks author which means you can make an ibook directly mm-hmm. in an app Piss definitely easy. i mean if you if you everybody's got certain things that they're good at if you can just put that content into a pdf put it online mm-hmm. somebody might buy it so yeah ebooks are definitely a very like you say they're growing and they're definitely a good form of possibly monetizing mm-hmm. your creative work online and also if you look at seth godin if you look at all of his the amount of ebooks he has written yeah there are loads some have flopped tremendously mm-hmm. but there are others that have really resonated with people and that's why he's become such a success because he's resonated with people with a small percentage of his total work Again, mm-hmm. a numbers game. A numbers game. Definitely. If you find that audience, uh, that's it. Once you've got one book, and it's if, if you make a serial, like you're making episodic mm-hmm. sort of books, once you you might give that first one out for free. People might love it, and that's it. They'll start paying you for the second one, the third one, the fourth one. Get a thousand, two thousand people paying you five pound for each ebook. You've got a business. So. Yeah, exactly. And also going back to kind of what I uh, said when we first started touching on ebooks as well, it's a really good audience builder. Give away a free ebook. Get them signing up to your email newsletter. Get them coming onto your website just to get the free ebook. They'll see your stuff. They'll be exposed to your stuff more frequently, which means because of that, they're more likely to buy other things that you put out as well. Cool. Secret. All right. <laughs> ne- next point. So should we go into advertising? I think this one's probably the really, the probably the easiest thing that people do, and I think a lot of, I think it's getting a bit old fashioned now as well. Yeah, I I think you need to talk about this one because I have deliberately avoided advertising and the likes of Google AdSense and things like that because A, I don't really understand it all too well B, it seems a little bit old-fashioned and C, there seems to be a lot of almost bureaucracy about it so take it away, Gem. Okay, well that set me up nicely. (laughs) (laughs) The main thing with AdSense I mean, Google has AdSense and basically AdSense is you can put adverts into your your website so if you've got a blog and you've got say, I don't know how many thousand people come in or a hundred people come in per day every time someone comes on your website Google, which uses a clever sort of tracking system, will kind of look at things that that person has looked at on the web and it will just pop an ad next to it and say, oh, look, you was looking at this this um, weightlifting set. And so on that website will show up. And obviously every time that shows up, it's an impression. And so Google will pay you for that impression. And a lot of people back in the day used to sort of like rig the system and kind of make these websites that get loads of traffic and they slap hundreds of ads on there. And you could, mm-hmm. and people used to make a serious killing in a lot of money. Well, if you look at those those awful, awful clickbait websites on Facebook mm-hmm. that always come up of going like, oh, shocking pictures of Lindsay Lohan. And yeah. then you click on it and there's like a shocking picture of Lindsay Lohan and then just pictures of Lindsay Lohan. And then it's surrounded by yeah. a million adverts. Exactly. But that person that sort of has managed to get click throughs and he's getting paid for that. That's the thing. Like, I think it's more of a sort of cop out and it's not, it's not as nice. And when people come onto a website and they see all those sort of, 
banners and everything going mm-hmm. off it's like straight away you sort of don't trust it as much and you think yeah. okay this person's writing for for ad clicks they're not writing because they care about their audience and yeah. that's why a lot of people do kind of go the other route of either getting sponsorship mm-hmm. which we'll talk about later or they kind of say look donations i want to keep it ad free you get these apps on your mobile that say look do you want the ads off if you want the ads pay us yeah and that's the way it works and so adsense can be really good if you do have a blog because it's kind of a quick way to monetize and it will show ads to that person that google already knows that that person's interested mm-hmm. in so you're not faffing around with finding certain ads and stuff but again i think it's one of those things that could like you were saying with websites your website is the first thing people see it's like a business card so if the first thing they see is an ad and they think oh this just followed me around the web because i was just looking at that on the other side straight away you're like this is a bit creepy yeah i don't trust this website yeah and i and i automatically have that view when i kind of go onto a website and i see loads of adverts that are clearly adsense adverts they're not adverts that the user has put on there and that's also another thing that i don't like about things like google adsense is you have very little control over actually what adverts go or that's the impression i get anyway Mm -hmm. do you have very little control over what adverts are Mm -hmm. on there whereas i prefer and if you had a look have a look at my company's website um i prefer really targeted adverts and really targeted things that i have chosen to put on there because i think it's going to be helpful to my audience i don't want my audience going onto my website and having an advert for weights just because they've happened to look at weights because um, okay, yeah, you could argue that weightlifting has something to do with actors because they've got to keep fit and they've got to look aesthetically pleasing and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I want to guarantee that the adverts that are on that website are relevant to them mm-hmm. as as my audience, not them as people, because obviously it's relevant because they've been looking at it, but it's something that I have chosen to, to expose to them because it's relevant to the content that they have come to my website for. Definitely. But yeah, I agree. And I think for me... AdSense is it's something I looked into and I was I think I might have even put an ad on my blog at the beginning because I was thinking I was hearing everyone saying that you can earn revenue from it mm-hmm. and it, after I carried on listened to a bit of Pat Flynn and actually I'm just like no nah, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want this on my blog so it's something you can look into you can search Google AdSense and find out loads more about it but yeah just be wary that your audience might be put off and if you if you put off an audience from that first interaction that's it you've just mm-hmm. lost somebody yeah so use it sparingly if you're going to use it that's all i'd say there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with it too much but use it sparingly cool so should we move on to affiliates yes this is one of my faves well go on and kick us off um so what are affiliates wayne affiliates are and it's something that it's the first sort of monetization i've attempted to do i've not had any success with it yet but again like most of these it's about a long game and having the right audience and things like that um, so affiliates are when you sign up for a program or maybe just Amazon. So basically, you put a little advert or a little plug for a product or a website or uh, anything on your website that they have an affiliate program for. So you've signed up for that. You put that product out on your website. If somebody clicks through that or if they purchase it, then you get a commission from that sale basically so it's almost like a typical salesman thing mm-hmm. it's, in fact it's online sales yeah you are salesman. using your content online to be a salesman for another company yeah absolutely and you get a commission from that sale so the most known example would be amazon affiliates you say that but i think so many people don't know about amazon affiliates and i just was shocked because i think amazon affiliates is one of the best ones out there so mm-hmm. many people shop on amazon and mm-hmm. i think it's it's so underutilized like people have people going to their websites and not link and it's and like you say they like you said before like um it's 
you can make it really targeted like i have it on mine we have recommended books you have recommended books on yours and it's mm-hmm. kind of like these are recommended books that i've read and i really love and i think if you bought this you would love yeah. it too and you get a little commission for it yeah the thing i love about affiliate programs and this is why i prefer it over things like google ads is that you have 100 percent control over what you put out there and what you don't put out there pretty much mm-hmm. um you know there are certain elements in there that you can add um to kind of add sort of more like uh, personalized content um, as, we, as we can talk about with with Amazon and the and the A store that we've both been experimenting with recently um, but you can still choose to take that away so you've pretty much got 100% control over what your audience is exposed to um, because you can go if you want to use Amazon as an example you log into your affiliates account and you go, okay, I want to plug this product. You search into Amazon, this the product that you want. Um, so let's say Seth Godin's Purple Cow. You type that in, Purple Cow comes up. You copy a link, you embed it into your website, and there you go. It's on there. Just the Purple Cow. No extra stuff mm-hmm. unless you choose to add that option. Just the Purple Cow link. So then if somebody clicks on that link, they're taken to Amazon. They look at that. They might buy it. They might not buy it, but... The great thing about Amazon as well, which is fantastic, and this is where the real money earning can come where from. Where I was celebrating this week. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, once they've clicked through your link, so let's use Purple Cow as an example. They've clicked on Purple Cow, they've had a look at Purple Cow, they go, mm, nah, I don't really want to buy it. But whilst I'm here, I'm gonna, I do actually really want to buy that uh, Xbox 360 that I've been thinking about buying for a few weeks and I've got the money now so I'm going to type in Xbox 360 okay I buy a bundle uh, so that's the Xbox 360 let's call it 160 quid you get f- between 5 and 10% I think of that basically the more the more conversion rate you get basically Amazon says look you're a good affiliate mm-hmm. we're going to increase your I think you start at 5% yeah. or 3% or something like that and the more you convert the more they kind yeah. of reward you so you could get about 16 quid from that Xbox sale you didn't even plug an Xbox, mm-hmm. but they bought it because you took them to Amazon. Yeah. So you get a cut of that sale as well. Um, so so that that's beneficial as well. There are other affiliate programs as well, things like Commission Junction, yeah. where you can, it's kind of almost like a, um, how could I describe it? It's almost like an Amazon of affiliate programs. Yeah, it's basically, <laughs> one thing I think it's the greatest thing to do with affiliate programs, so whatever website you're creating, you know what kind of content. So you've got people who love fashion. So if you love fashion, mm-hmm. you're making a fashion blog, then you can just search your best fashion stores. And just like today, I was thinking, okay, let's if I'm going to use fashion example, I was like, maybe Topshop or Topman. I went into Google, um, Topman affiliate, boom, they've got an affiliate program. Mm-hmm. I can add them to my site and I can start getting paid to promote Topman stuff, which is stuff I would have wrote about anyway. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who are kind of making websites or creating this content need to realize that if you're already talking about this stuff, why not get paid? And then you're kind of, you're helping your audience because you're promoting the stuff that they, they're interested in. And you're also help. they might make a purchase and you're getting paid for it. You're not getting paid directly from the person, the, the person who watches your content, mm-hmm. but you're getting paid indirectly. And so it's a service like for each other. Yeah, and I think that's one thing a lot of young people can really, really miss out. And I didn't know about affiliate programs for ages. And when I found out, I was like, "Really?" See, I'd known about them for a very long time, so but I, I think, I, I think the problem with a lot of this stuff, and the reason I didn't explore it for absolutely years, was the fact that it really seemed very, very complicated. Mm-hmm. And I think things are getting much, much simpler now to monetize 
that it is literally just a case of I log on to Amazon, I go, I want to plug that product, mm-hmm. they give me a link and I put that into my yeah, website. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really good point because I do think a lot of these people who are now, I mean, a lot of online companies do affiliate programs and I think they're literally trying to make it as simple as possible for people to promote their, promote their content. Mm. I mean, Because they make money from it as well. It's the thing, it's a win-win for everyone because the person, the, the audience member buys the product that they want that's going to be useful for them. Amazon or whoever you're signed up with, they, they make a sale, so they make some money and then they give you a cut of the sale so you get some money as well from it. Everybody wins and that's why I, I, that's really why I'm like a huge proponent of affiliates. And like I say, like even our podcast, we're signed up with Audible. We already say like you can get a free book. We promote a book that we think is useful to you. Mm-hmm. If you decide to sign up for that ebook, I mean for that Audible book, we get a small cut. Mm-hmm. You've got the book you wanted. We've got paid for putting out content that inf- introduced you to that book. Yeah. I mean, uh, the thing with affiliates as well that that I I will say is it it really does depend on the on the person that's using the affiliate program mm-hmm. because there are some very unethical users of affiliate programs out there. Definitely. Um but I think so long as, and this is where the audience comes in, because they won't get, they'll get far to a point, and then people will stop trusting them, and then they'll stop making money. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you um, are honest with your audience, and if yeah, if, if people you know, like you and they trust you, and they they really like respect what you have to say, yeah. they're gonna say it's like a friend. Like if I tell you I'll go watch that film down at the cinema. You know, you know me, you trust me, so you might, you're more likely to go watch it. It's the same with your audience. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Cool, so should we move on to online products? Yes. Oh, actually, Yes. before we do, I just want to backtrack a little bit. There was something I wanted to mention on ebooks. Okay, I'm going to okay. let you drop it in quickly. Okay, so if you write an ebook, there is also, because there are some people out there that do prefer just a physical book. Yes. To an ebook. Mm-hmm. They're out there. I kind of do as well. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of eBooks in terms of because I like to actually have the physical book to just flick through. Okay. The eBooks are convenient. And I get that, but also it's nice to actually. I know some have, people like to be able to annotate. And there's and there's the decorative aspect to books as well. Some people use it for decor and stuff. Anyway, anyway Wayne. Um, so if you think that your audience may prefer a physical book for whatever reason, you can also upload your book to a thing called, I think it's Creative Spaces, which is an Amazon program. Yeah, something like that. Um, You upload your book to that, and basically that's a print-on-demand service. So rather than you having to order 50 books to sell on the street or whatever, you just link people to that Amazon. In fact, I think it puts it on Amazon, yeah, doesn't it, does. it? So it puts it on Amazon. So you just link them to the Amazon page, and then once they have bought a copy, a hard copy of your book, Amazon will then print it and ship it. So you don't have to pay for the book itself. The customer themselves directly pays for that book. Which and I'm pretty, pretty sure awesome. it's a free service, isn't it? Creative yeah, Spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's no cost to you. Well, they make their money through printing the book. They yeah. will take a little cut. You've added your profit onto your book. Yeah, it's all weird. So good no point. Upfront good cost. point, Wayne. I'll let you have that throw one in. That one in. Cool. So should we move on to online products? Yes. This one's a good one, and I think it's very broad as well because I think there's so many different ways to to do online products. I think you've got like video courses. An ebook is an online product. Mm-hmm. I think um, one of the things I really want to talk about, especially for creatives, is that a lot of creatives are makers. They like making things, and mm-hmm. so there are so many websites that are coming up. And one of my favorite is Etsy. I've, I've ordered a few mm-hmm. bits and pieces for presents off there, and it's just individuals who make creative things, whether that's paintings or jewelry. And if you're someone who loves to do that sort of thing and you're thinking, oh, I'll go down my local supermarket, I'll go down my local like um, fair and I'll sell it out mm-hmm. on the street, 
Etsy is a place where you could put out your kind of bracelets or your paintings and you're going to reach a massive audience of mm-hmm. people who love that kind of content. Yeah, there are people out there that make an absolute fortune off of Etsy. Um, in the same way, there are people that make an absolute fortune off of YouTube. And again, the reason they make a massive fortune is because they've got a good audience. Mm-hmm. People that know and love their work. So again, it comes back to that. But rather than again as you say rather than having to go out to a market or a craft fair or anything like that you can literally just upload it onto etsy um i believe you've got to do the fulfillment yourself yeah you post um, it yourself kind of like you would on on ebay or anything like that but uh, but again it's 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 a marketing platform for you essentially that you will reach a wider audience than you would do if you did go to a, to a craft fair or something like that so and i think there's there's so many different sites that are uniquely individual some people make graphic designs and sell their posters and there's mm-hmm. these sites that will print your poster and send it out or they'll yeah you'll create they'll print your post and you can send it out so there's so many different ways it's whatever you're making or whatever you're creating yeah there's probably a website that promotes that item yeah exactly and and one that um one that that my company has just literally launched last week is we're now uh, doing T-shirts, which we are doing through uh, through a website called Redbubble, uh, which is kind of like Etsy, except it's a print-on-demand service for things like T-shirts, posters, canvases, uh, phone cases, and things like that. It's re- so if you want to sell essentially digital art, um, or or even physical art that's been digitally scanned or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, you upload your artwork onto that and you can put it on T-shirts, iPhone cases, pillows, canvases, posters, most things that you can print on, basically. Um, and you can you can sell it through there. The way it works is you do, it doesn't cost you anything. It's a free service. They... Uh, they charge the customer for the cost of printing it and you and they say, okay, how much profit margin do you want to make? Mm-hmm. So you set a percentage. So the default is like 20%. So if they add 20% of what it costs them to make it onto the actual price, you get that 20%. They you can put custom. it on your website. It's cost you absolutely nothing. And that's why we've, done, we've wanted to do company t-shirts for ages, but it means that we can do it at no cost to ourselves. And I love that because that is that whole lean startup envy, like your minimal viable product. That is, because mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard a load of young people who are kind of interested in making t-shirts or making, I don't know, phone cases. Yeah. And they go find some supplier online and the supplier tells them, oh, you've got to buy a thousand. It's going to exactly. cost you... 600 pound and they've get them and then they've got them, they've got this massive stock in their house and they're like okay i don't even know how to sell them whereas what you've done is kind of bypass that said look i'll create a t-shirt if someone buys it online i'm not i'm not holding any stock if they buy yeah. it they buy it i get my little profit it's safe for everybody and i think that's that's the way it works on the internet you don't have to actually physically create something and have it in stock and hold it mm-hmm. you can actually have these products available online and when someone buys it then it gets printed yeah. then the, the only cost to you out. has been the time to create it itself you don't have to spend any money on on buying stock or anything like that and i know that's one thing that a lot of youtubers utilize because if you've got an audience and you've got a saying or something that you say in your or something that people can relate to of your audience then youtubers make videos they maybe send someone over to they make that video so if you like the t-shirt i'm wearing in this video or Mm -hmm. this is the phrase that i always say i've got t-shirts now they'll send people over to say red bubble buy the t-shirts that that youtubers lost out no money they're just making profit from their audience who love their stuff Mm -hmm. and it's just that's it that's a mini little business there yeah absolutely um another form of online products that i think are really really big and it kind of links in a bit to youtube is um video courses so i mean there's loads of tutorials on youtube and i think 
like really a lot of those people on YouTube probably could have monetized that course if they're teaching how to use Photoshop or if they're teaching you uh, what nutrition you should be eating or mm-hmm. these kind of things. A lot of people create um, video courses. I mean, recently I linked up with um, James Lambert who was on the podcast and we made his ebook the um, with the was it twenty four hours be happy in 24 hours and we basically used that content from the ebook and created a video course out of it mm-hmm. and we've sold a few of those and it's kind of like that's it like if people like your content you can convert into so many different mediums like you've got a lot of people write ebooks and then they go and create the audio version and put mm-hmm. it on audible and then they maybe create a t-shirt which has a quote from that book and so it's kind of finding this way of um, different ways of monetizing that content mm-hmm. like don't just go just with youtube why not make a few streams of e- income really yeah well it's that thing and i was actually going to say it near the end but you kind of touched on it there it's about making your own ecosystem i think somebody i think it might even have been steve jobs but i'm not sure some said the, the key to success is to create your market and then control your market and that's exactly what you're doing by doing something like that you make your ebook and then you think, okay, well, some people might prefer to a video course, so you can turn it into a video course. You've also got the audio version, so you can put it on Audible. You've got your same, or your phrase, your your or your key quote, um, or mantra, or whatever. Pop that on a T-shirt. Pop that on some posters, because people will like that on their walls. So on your phone that, case. Yeah, <laughs> pop that exactly. Um, you know, you could create an app, therefore, with with all of the quotes from your book that just pings things across if you wanted to. Um, you can do a weekly podcast with just a, a mini sort of of essay or or whatever and so you are creating this ecosystem also once you've got those t-shirts and everything uh, you know you can pop them on your newsletter that you've created and and you know you've got amazon affiliates you can turn the book into mini blog posts um so then you can put amazon affiliates on there so you can start making affiliate uh, sales and things like that and and it all kind of interlinks itself so you've created this this uh, this ecosystem essentially and like we were saying there like when we go back to it's like like you say the, all, all of these little aspects of what we're saying the way mon- ways to monetize online all link into each other like the Etsy person who creates bracelets and sells them could actually teach a course on how to make your own bracelets so they make mm-hmm. a video course that's another way they've just monetized their skill and I think that's how a lot of especially creators we've got to see that yeah you create art and you create these sort of amazing products but how can you teach somebody else or how can you monetize it in other areas and then that's the way you're going to sustain yourself more like it's not isn't it I mean good finance says you shouldn't have one stream of income because mm-hmm. if you're only doing it because of your paintings what happens if your painting paintings aren't selling oh well it's okay because I've converted my paintings to posters and they're doing all right or I'm teaching people how to paint on creative lives so my course is selling there it's like yeah that's exactly. how you've got to see it exactly exactly okay i know this is um okay we're going to move on to webinars which again kind of links into it's kind of like the video course the youtube i mean if you search webinars you can see a lot of people use them as sort of like um the introduction to their sort of marketing funnel it's like you probably Mm -hmm. see on youtube people popping up saying oh free webinar i'm going to teach you about I don't know, so if the, we use the artist as an example, the artist pops up and says, look, I've got a, um, a free webinar on how to choose your paintbrushes. It's free one, sign up. People go onto that webinar, they touchy talk, she, they, they, or he or she talks, and the, the people, the audience that got that free content love the way she speaks, love the work she does, really wants to find out more. She's talked talk to them about all the instruments she uses, and now at the end of it, she says, well, if you want to paint like me, here's my video course. Mm-hmm. And again, that's another way of making money. So and then and then there's another another sort of emerging market which is kind of instead of having that one person doing the webinar you find five people who are 
top in a certain field so like we had adam stansbury on like recently their personal trainer so he might specialize in say gut health or something and then you might get somebody who specializes in sleep and you get someone who specializes in another area and so we used to have to have these sort of physical conferences where people meet up and everyone sits in a room and talks. But now online, there's there's the software available where you can, if you're someone who's really uh, passionate about a certain subject, you can reach out online to the five people that you love and say, look, I'm going to promote this online conference where you guys are going to talk. It's going to cost this much per person who comes on. You're unlimited to how many people who, who can potentially sign up and watch the webinar. And that's it. You can make you can make money that way, mm. and so that's another way of just monetizing something that you're passionate about. Yeah, I think you pretty much covered everything. I know on, on I went webinars, a bit crazy on that one, but yeah. But webinars is is, is fairly, It's quite new. It's quite isn't new, it? but I think it's really effective. I think the people who are into marketing they have got it down because I think I think really when you when you think about it, video is probably one of the most sort of effective ways of building trust with an audience. I mean, mm-hmm. you haven't seen me and Wayne's face apart from that dodgy picture we have on the on the blog, but <laughs> if we were if you were seeing us as we're talking and we're interacting with each other, you're more likely to feel like you know us and mm-hmm. that's something we're definitely gonna look to in the in the future. But video content is like a fast track to trust in a yeah, way. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely agree. Okay. So let's move on to crowdfunding this is one that you got excited about before we started yes uh crowdfunding is i mean you've probably heard of kickstarter by now it's crowdfunding is really on the up it's it's kind of it's been around for a good Mm -hmm. five or six years really hasn't it um but it's only been in the last two or three years that it's really started to kind of uh pick up and the reason for that is it basically makes projects possible that wouldn't be possible. Again, it completely takes away the gatekeeper. Um, you, you don't have to go into Dragon's Den and no, kind of be no, put under exactly. that pressure. <laughs> exactly. All you basically, if you don't know what what crowdfunding is, is I'll use Kickstarter as an example. You basically say, "I want to create this project." So it could be anything from. Why uh, didn't you use the example you were telling me earlier? <laughs> I was going to. I was going to. Uh, so it could be anything from making a uh, massive feature film that you want to do to creating potato salad, <laughs> which is genuinely a. Uh, a campaign that's happened uh this guy with potato salad he basically you you put out a video and details and you say okay this is how much i'm aiming for and i need to get this amount within this amount of time um but for those of you that do pledge some some money uh to the cause you'll also get some benefits which can be anything really anything you choose um so the potato salad guy he basically put out his video he put out his his kickstarter campaign basically saying okay I really love potato salad. So I want to make potato salad. Um, all I need is $10 uh, by this date. Um, so I get my potatoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's pay for my potatoes and I can make potato salad. Um, if you pledge, uh, you'll get a photo of me making the potato salad. Um, you'll also get a thank you on my website. And I'll also call out your name whilst I'm making the potato salad. <laughs> and he has raised, I believe... Um, or at least on Friday, he had raised about $500,000. Half a million pound on potato salad. Yeah. But I think that's a great example because that that's exactly showing you there that if you've got something that you... This guy is scarily passionate about potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if you're someone... That's what I was saying. The internet allows you to be weird in your own way. Like mm-hmm. if you've got something that you love doing if you put it on Kickstarter, and there's more than likely somebody else out there really does love 
whatever you do and mm-hmm. the best thing about that again is it's taking away the risk again it's like the t-shirt it's saying look this is my idea would people be willing to pay me before it's actually real before this mm-hmm. actually exists and that's what you want as a person creating a business. You want people paying you for the thing that you're, for your idea, your concept before they actually pay you for it actually yeah. being around, like actually a physical product or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. And I think where crowdfunding is clever is the fact that you have these rewards for people that pledge because then they're not just giving you, then it's not like a donation where they're just going, okay, I really like what you do. Here's some money. Yeah. They go, okay, I really like what, what you're planning to do or what you are doing. I like doing. the potential of you. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I like you as as a person because you're putting out a video and kind of saying okay this is what i want to do um so here's some money but i'm also going to get this that this and this for mm-hmm. doing that as well so not only do you get um benefits from pledging money so it could be if it's say a feature film they'll say okay well we'll give you a copy of the film once it's finished mm-hmm. uh, for an example so you've so you've bought your dvd before before the film's even been made so you've pre-ordered mm-hmm. uh, you <laughs> might even get a credit on the on the film so you might end up being on imdb yeah, you know that's pretty cool. That could make you famous, um, <laughs> and and you know you're, you're uh, dozen other things as well. But also, the great thing, and I think this is why it's been so successful, it feels like you have some degree of ownership mm-hmm. over what has been created. You you are part of the creative process, and I think that's what a lot of people really love as well. Um, there's another type of crowdfunding which um, which has cropped up to my attention recently called Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of like a combination of Kickstarter combined with donations. Okay, it's almost like a middle ground. So basically, on Patreon, you say, okay, it's for content creators. So it's like, okay, we're putting out a weekly YouTube show, or we're putting out um, a weekly blog post, or whatever. So we're creating content. It could be even for live shows or anything like that. And uh, basically, you say, okay, we want you to pledge. X amount, however much you want to pledge, um, either per month or per piece of content that we put out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost like an ongoing Kickstarter campaign. It doesn't really end, um, but you still give rewards like you would in Kickstarter. But also you can set goals. So although it's ongoing, you can say, okay, well, once we hit this amount, we will do this. And once we hit that amount, we'll do this as well. So mm-hmm. you, it allows you to grow and it's almost allow. So basically they're becoming a patron or a, a financial supporter of what you're doing on a regular basis, um, which is which is a, another interesting way and there are people making a lot of money per month that way because it's ongoing so also where it's brilliant is you can actually budget and say okay so we're getting x amount per month which means we can put x amount into our projects per month which means from that we can have exponential growth because it's not a one-off payment it's a continuous payment obviously they can cancel at any time and they can set limits to how much they put on there but that's another one which which is really on on the up and i think it's really cool and i think that's really important as well because i think there's a lot of um a lot of like young music creative people who kind of really like oh, I want to get into music but how do I get like the big guys to see me and again in this industry as well that gatekeeper has been taken down I know there's a site called Pledge Music it's exactly the same as Kickstarter but more orientated towards musicians I know a few musicians that I used to listen to back in the past go to concerts they've mm-hmm. now moved on to Pledge Music so they've dropped their label and they're saying look I'll drop my label and take my audience instead because my audience are the one that pay let's cut out the middleman yeah. if you guys like my music I'll keep creating it. So, look, I've got a new album coming, but the album's only coming if you decide to fund the studio time, yeah. the cut, the graphic design of the album. And a lot, a lot of big names are doing that. There are video games companies. 
um, or or at least people that are high up in video games companies that have mm-hmm. said, okay, well, we want to create this game, um, but we're not going to do it through a traditional channel. We want to see if you guys want it. So if you want it, pledge mm-hmm. and we'll make it. And it's it's good for so many reasons. For the creator, it means they can test to see if there's a market, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, they can test to see if people were willing to pay for it. Um, and then they can get the money to make it before they've even made it. So they don't lose any money. So they've not spent any money on it. Any extra they make is pure profit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I think, think it's... That one thing you missed out at one point, though, was just the fact that they have creative control. Yeah, absolutely. They haven't got a producer knocking on the door going, uh, actually, we want to do it for this demographic, so you can't have that scene in your film. Um, so you've got to take that out. It's like, no, we are creating this ourselves. It's, it's the new way of independent creation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it removes record labels. It removes publishers. It removes video game franchises. It removes all of that bureaucracy that sometimes ruins creative processes. So it's... it's I love it. That's what I mean. I think online is really bringing the creator closer to their audience. It's like, let's yeah. cut out the mess in between. And then, to be honest, when, when you do that, the, the consumer can pay less. So mm-hmm. maybe it costs £10 for the album before, but because you're going straight to the creator, you can pay them £5 and get just as good and the and the um, Well, yeah, exactly. You're not gets paying paid the distributor more. for the, the cost of distributing. And that's the thing. The, if you look at the gatekeepers, what are the gatekeepers there for? The gatekeepers are there to market you. That's essentially what it is. Your publisher pays for the costs, if it's books, your publisher pays for the costs of printing, and then they market you to the degree that they think mm-hmm. you, you are worth. Um, the record label, they market you. Your acting agent, they market you. I mean, that's slightly different because you can't yeah. really do that online. Well, you can to a degree, but it's a lot harder. But it, essentially the same thing. It takes away that that cost of marketing and the, the need to have someone go yes we can market you because yeah. that's what the gatekeepers are thinking they're going can we market you can we get our money back from yeah. all the money we're going to spend on you and if they don't think they can then they won't uh, sign you and I think I think that's what most probably creators are afraid of it's like how do you create a market like how do you create a platform or how do you play a space where people are going to be attracted to you and I think that's the biggest fear I think most people have these amazing 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 ideas but they think oh I have to get my product into a supermarket I have to get a record label to see it but really what they're what they're missing there's a massive point is no you just need to get somebody to care you need to find Mm -hmm. an audience who actually want your product and have found you and i think that's the bit that people are too i don't want to say lazy but it's kind of like they don't realize it takes a lot of investment these companies the supermarkets have done years building up their brands which is why they can charge and rip you through your ass if you're gonna decide to go with them they've built that audience Mm -hmm. If you start slowly, create your blog, create your podcast, create your ebooks, and you build that audience slowly by slowly, you are fully in control of your product then. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, I mean, we're going to give a couple of book recommendations at the end, but it's just really about building your brand, getting people to care about you, and just like creating that platform. Yeah, definitely. Okay, next up we have sponsorship. Sponsorship, which is also a bit like um, affiliates in a way, because mm-hmm. I think it's sort of. I mean, there's a lot of people who do do um, affiliate programs online, but there's a lot of people who don't. And sometimes there's a company out there who you think, wait a minute, these are perfect for my kind of audience. This is perfect content for my blog. Their product is wicked. I talk about paleo diets and you've got a paleo bar that a food bar, food snack that is great and but you don't have an affiliate program. So sponsorships is, is kind of like you go into that person and saying, look, I've got a blog, I've got a YouTube channel, I've got an ebook that promotes exactly the what your your product is so perfect for the kind of people that I talk to and I'm getting thousands of hits every month and I'm talking about paleo people are, I've got a wicked 
engaged audience and they would love they would easily buy your product it'd be great so then you you contact that person who's in charge of that product the marketing whoever it is and you say look if i put an ad i'll create the you could give me the ad the graphic i'll drop that onto my website and um, basically you can or you can sponsor me to put it on the website or we can agree a commission mm-hmm. and so like a lot of people on podcasts do that where you get at the beginning they kind of say check out whatever it is i mean we say with audible but we could have i mean audible could just as likely sponsor us and just say look talk about audible at the beginning and mm-hmm. stuff like that so sponsorship is very similar to affiliates but it's kind of you sort of um actively reaching out mm-hmm. to them and it's kind of consistent so sometimes people sponsor you without you making a sale yeah. It's just more like brand awareness, like Yeah. And and sponsorships tend to be um a bigger return on investment than affiliates. Because affiliates you're getting a small commission of um of click throughs and and purchases and things like that. Whereas through sponsorships it tends to be a little bit more not I, not strictly speaking, yeah, not all the time. I think it's safer because I think with a sponsorship you know that if I get sponsored for every thousand I know views I get or whatever or only thousand listens I get on my podcast then you know that's consistent whereas if you're kind of hoping that those thousand list, um, those thousand um, views convert into five people buying which then makes up the same amount as your sponsorship yeah. it's kind of like um, paper hour versus yeah, the exactly. commission it's kind of like yeah, exactly. do you want to definitely get paid or do you want to go to some people would rather do the affiliate because they're like I know a lot of my audience will buy this and you might profit more mm-hmm. but if you're kind of like I know this is good for my audience, but I don't know how many of them will convert and how long it will take them to convert and buy the product. Then you might be thinking, okay, sponsorship is the, the better way to go. Mm-hmm. Indeed. God, this is a lot of content. I know. I can't believe it. We this should, is like an we in-depth should have, course. We should have charged for this. This, this one, we could have actually done this. As a, yeah, we should have taken our own advice. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so um, let's move on to... This one is this one's quite interesting. It's about online services. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more to do... And I wanted to talk about online services because I think that's a lot of people are getting into it. I, I myself, I can work from home because I offer a service, social media management, um, Facebook advertising, all, all these video creations. So just putting it out there, just like marketing myself. Yeah. So if you need any of that stuff, <laughs> but like, like online services are so available. So you can do that from home. You don't have to work with someone. You can reach out to your local businesses and say, mm-hmm. look, I'll manage your social media or I'll create video content for you and I'll, or I'll manage that video content online. I'll reply to people on the on the YouTube or I'll create Facebook ads for you. And I think a lot of people are kind of like, this is sort of like a booming industry. A lot of people are now realizing that if I'm a graphic designer, I can put my services online and somebody over in America might come to me and say, look, can you design me a Facebook banner? Mm-hmm. And so you've offered an online service out. And there's so many different sites that are cropping up, and I think uh, you saying you didn't, he- you haven't heard of it, but Fiverr no. is another great example. It's a website where people offer what online services they can do from home, and they say, well, it costs a fiver for me to make you an infographic. It costs me a fiver to make you blog content. It costs me you a fiver to actually my ebook. I got it converted to the right format through Fiverr. All right. So I reached out to someone on Fiverr, said, look, can you convert this Word document so I can upload it to Amazon? Cost mm-hmm. him. He made five dollars. He's in the US. I'm in London. So it's an online service, and I think, um, especially like while I mean, like me and you, we're creating the podcast. We ho- hopefully it might make us money later down the line with the affiliates. With maybe some sponsorship might come up. But for now, I need to kind of have my online services that I offer to kind of sustain me and keep me mm-hmm. in business and keeping me be- being able to make this sort of content. And so, 
I think nowadays a lot of young people, if you if you aren't getting a job, just think about what sort of skills could I could I kind of utilize online and offer to people anywhere in the world. Yeah, and it do, it does work both ways as well. I think because I checked out Fiverr uh, this morning, and uh, it does work. I'm thinking about using it for my business, not for me to offer my services, but. You know, if I need an infographic, I'm like a fiver. I've used it several times. Yeah. Logos. It's like I could do. I could do with a, a quick content put out, but I haven't got the time, so I'll get someone else to do it for for a fiver. That's five dollars as well. So that works out what three quid. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really cheap, and I can get a blog post which could quite easily convert three quid mm-hmm. um, through affiliate links mm-hmm. or whatever. Particularly if if these people are people that are really good at it, they're probably mm-hmm. better than I am at writing a blog post. I'm not a writer. <laughs> I'm an actor. Like yeah. so, they're probably better than me, and I can pay them three quid to put out something that they're going to do better than I would and I think and like I love it what I love about Fiverr is that you can actually like see how many people have purchased from them how mm-hmm. many reviews they've got so you're, you're already getting the top guys I think some of the top guys they've got like 70 projects behind like until your project gets on Yeah. so these people could have full time jobs offering online services mm-hmm. and also if it's someone that's that's writing these blog posts for example right? if they've been clever and if they know what they're doing which they probably do if they're one of the high rated ones they're probably going to be linked up to the old Google Plus uh, which means when you put out all their details on your blog because they've written the blog post and you assign it to, to them it will link to their Google Plus which means you're going to get some of their audience members coming to have a look at your website quite possibly if it mm-hmm. comes up on Google so you're going to benefit from their brand as well sometimes yeah definitely I don't know if I'd give them credit <laughs> <laughs> no I think I would <laughs> well it depends I mean, they might not even want it. But, I, I don't but, think they would. I think they would just be like, well, I've created this. Like, you don't take credit for the Facebook banner they create or whatever. No, that's so, true. But that's I mean, true. some people do promote it and you might say, look, you can use my the one that you created for me as content to show how great this is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, online services is great for, especially for people who are maybe thinking like, I've got these skills. I'm a graphic designer or I'm a video creator or I'm wicked with facebook ads or youtube seo or whatever so get your digital skills up and just start offering those offering your services online mm-hmm. cool the this is the last one of yes, our humongous list of monetizing <laughs> we've been creatives. going for an hour of, of monetization stuff and to be honest like i say all of these points are like we've literally skimmed the service if oh, you yeah. jump into them you can get deeper and really i mean you can find out more knowledge about each of these points online and you see you could spend hours researching youtube adverts for example mm-hmm. quite easily definitely so i mean we're just kind of open you up to these possibilities and you've got to kind of jump in decide to sort of educate yourself a little bit deeper on how exactly to do it but we might talk about it in a later podcast maybe Mm -hmm. so the last one is software and app development i think i think i don't know well i don't know whether app development sort of going down i know it had its major sort of boost where it's become a very competitive market now i think it had its boom when it was really early and it was like Mm -hmm. you're almost guaranteed to see Mm -hmm. to have your app seen by people whereas now there are millions and millions of apps out there so it's a lot harder for your app to be seen um but i don't think that i don't think the ship has sailed by any by any means but that's what i mean so uh, this is probably the one i'm least sort of aware of like i've Mm -hmm. I've never made an app and i haven't made any online software so but i know there's a lot of people who are doing it so like I don't know if you're if you're someone who's in the fitness industry and you decide to make a mobile app that um, kind of tells what your workouts are and you've got this plan of how to get abs or how to look as sexy as Wayne in ten days, then <laughs> you can you can look as sexy as me in one day if you like. I'll, I'll write an ebook on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So people kind of you could apps are another way of making money. I really don't know too much about 
I know it, some people, I don't know how much it should cost. I met someone on the weekend. He said that it, it, he could do an app for three, four hundred pound. Again, the prices vary, but I know that you can kind of look at apps like Flappy Bird or these really simple apps that just kind of blow up and people pay 99p, but you get thousands of people to pay 99p and you're in business and they tell their friends and it keeps, keeps on spiraling. And then you've got people who create software online and... I don't really want to go into software too much because I really don't know much about it. No, but but if you have the ability or if you know someone that has the ability to create apps or software, then it really is. It has the huge potential to be a massive money maker if you have a good app. Yeah, definitely. I think like I, I, a good software that I use is QuickBooks for accounting. And so somebody came up with the fact that oh, it must be a pain in the butt for people to use physical paper to keep their accounts. Okay, let's make a software online that people can log into and they can do all their accounting online. And QuickBooks is humongous. They're making millions, I'm guessing. And so they had to find someone who, when they started out, who could program that kind of said, look, we need it to look like the book, but it needs to be online. People need to insert this. And so if you know someone who's amazing at programming or they're willing to work to you with you on a sort of, I don't know, sort of work out a certain basis on how you get paid, I think, I think software is huge. And it's one of those things, again, it's online, so there's no mm-hmm. physical content yeah and you can i mean if you look at the lean startup or four hour work week and stuff like that they talk about creating these sort of online online softwares that yeah can yeah. be very effective if you know what you're doing but i don't know enough about it so i don't no. really want to go into it too much neither do i but if you do want to go into it i know a really great podcast which is mixergy and he mm-hmm. mixergy he interviews loads of people who do sort of like online and what's the other one we really like the foundation oh yeah the foundation podcast they love talking about software and they mm-hmm. they've got a great formula for how they how they get people to kind of test the ideas through like the on the phone to people and come up with software ideas so mm-hmm. if you're really into software and that's something that you really think you could i don't know earn some decent money online then mm-hmm. yeah check that out yeah so i suppose we should probably actually start wrapping it up we've got loads more notes that we wanted to touch on but I think I think, probably... I think we've covered a lot of those things. I think the main thing we're saying is like nowadays online you've got a global you've got a global audience really mm-hmm. and it's all about the main the, the difficulty really and I think I've read that in a lot of like books that are talking about what's in the future and it's about relationships it's about connections it's yeah. how do you become a good marketer online how yeah. do you build a brand how do you get people to care about you and be something like you just got to build that audience really. Yeah. Well that's the thing I think in the in the new digital economy that we have i don't think the hard part isn't selling something anymore because numbers will be on your side if you i've worked in call centers trying to sell things to people Uh, heaven forbid i'll ever do it again but you know i always used to say it's a numbers game for all the people that say no there's going to be someone out there that's going to say yes so it's all about me I, i i was never ever a pushy salesperson which is probably why i wasn't that good at it but I'd still make sales because I'd just move on to the next person. If somebody wasn't interested, I'd move on and I would still make sales. So when you've got absolutely millions and millions of people out there online, so long as you can get them at least looking at what you offer and you can really engage with them and offer them something of value just in terms of the free stuff that you put out, the content that you put out, the videos you put out, the blog post you write, it doesn't even have to be... A, I mean, the, even with the adverts, we were talking about those you know, those pictures of Lindsay Lohan. They're not providing value, but people are seeing the adverts. And, and it's because people are seeing those adverts that they're making the money. Mm-hmm. So you have infinite possibilities. The hard part is 
getting the people to see your content. And I think that's what Seth Godin says. He says it's not about, like, like you say, it's not hard to sell online. It's the attention that is scarce. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Like, that's the difficult part is getting people to look at your stuff. And that's a skill in itself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. So. So I think I've put some action steps, but to be honest, I'm just going to leave the action yes, steps out. I think, I think so. I think, I think people are, are probably, their heads are exploding now going, I've got so much stuff to look at. Yeah, I just think, I mean, we're just sort of introducing to you, like we say, and you've just got to kind of go away now and kind of really look into it. But like we say, the, the main skill is learning how to get that attention. And so we've got a few books that we want to recommend. Mm-hmm. And I think, to be honest, I've only put one Seth Godin book on there which is tribes but i think if if you if you really want to kind of learn about how to get people to care about the things you do and how to build that really trusting audience online then really just go through a lot of his books purple Mm. cow again is a a great example of like how do you stand out when there's so many people on the internet how do you find the right influences who are going to get your work out there and um so yeah that's tribes by seth godin and the other one is by Wayne's someone Wayne loves you love him a lot Mr. Michael Hyatt well I love Michael Hyatt because he's huge on productivity and everybody knows everybody that listens knows how much I am into my productivity hacks and he's huge on it that's sure, my I, I do like work him I think he's really good actually but um, he's got a great um book available which is called platform and he and that's exactly what you were saying earlier it's the kind of he explains why it's so important to have this ecosystem of, of the content and the things that you do mm-hmm. and um like we said earlier, we're, we're on the um, Audible Affiliate Scheme. So if you, you can actually get both of those, we can get one of those books for free, whether that's Tribes or Platform, if you go to um, www.powerfulnonsense.com slash audible. You said www. Nobody says www. anymore. www. <laughs> it's so old school. Did I say www.com? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay, so... Audible.com. No. No. Powerful but, nonsense. Oh no, you can do it that way as well, can't you? Audible.com forward slash powerful nonsense, is that right? No, if you, you can let Oh, I'm let, making shit up now. You've just ruined it now. So I'm just gonna clear it up. It is um <laughs> powerfulnonsense.com slash audible or you can go to audibletrial.com slash nonsense. That was to see I knew it was something like that. <laughs> and if, if you don't if you don't actually want to sign up to Audible but you do want a free ebook. I just found out about this ebook like yesterday. I'm really annoyed that I only found about out about it yesterday. But um, if you type in the Bootstrappers Bible by Seth Godin into Google, he's got a, a free PDF which is all about starting a business with little or, or no money at all, and it's really really great. So I'll put it on. I'll put it onto the blog. So check that out. All right. So shall I give it the end quote, or do you yes, want to give it? Go for it. I'll give it. Okay, so Seth Godin says, you don't have a job, you don't have a business, you have a platform, a platform to make your art. And I think that fits perfectly with what we've saying. And maybe yeah. you don't have a platform yet, but you should have a platform. And if you're a creative, you must have a platform. Absolutely. I actually wrote a blog post a few months ago now about why why creatives need to have an online website. If you haven't got one, get one please even if you spend no money on it just get it built because that is what is going to make the huge difference i always say your your website is your shop mm-hmm. you don't need brick and mortar anymore but if it's the hq when people think of powerful nonsense they go to powerfulnonsense.com when people think of my company tap the table they go to tap the table.com unless i've got them on facebook but then they're not actively searching for them that's just me delivering stuff to them Cool. So um, 
if you like that episode, I know it's slightly different to our usual philosophical discussions, but if you like the episode and you want to find out more about these sort of topics or you think, oh, we really liked what you're saying about YouTube, could you do an episode on that? Just send us over an email. You can email me at gem at powerfulnonsense.com. Or, or you can email me at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com. Or if you liked it, or you, again, if you want to know more about these sort of topics, just you can tweet us and you can tweet me at C-K-Y-I-L-D-I-Z. Or you can tweet me at wayne underscore ingram. And finally, if you want to see more of this content and you want to make us really happy, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Again, it helps more people to see this sort of content and help other creatives to see that, yes, you can you can create art and online is going to help you do that. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Reviews are like the most helpful thing that you can probably do for us. It really boosts the visibility of the show. It means more people will stumble across it, which means hopefully more people will be able to make money from their creative stuff. Which is awesome. Cool. So, um, hope you enjoyed that episode, yes. and um, we'll be back soon. Yes. So, deconstruct everything that we've said. There's a lot of stuff in there. I'll, I'll break just... it all down on the blog, so I'll link to all the things we spoke about to help you out. Yes. So, hope you love that episode. I certainly did. We will catch you next time. See you later. <laughs>